The hive city, it's harp city. I'm all fucked up now and feeling shitty. And it's clear to me, there's no one near to me. And for a second, I fear how my bat bro Todd has become so dear to me. Where is he? My call for Todd quickly brings the moths. They say, we've just been waiting for you to sleep this off. There's a white moth who smiles while the black moth scoffs. It seems like he was right about something and the black one was not? Hmm. Well, they sit me down and tell me Todd's truffles were nothing to scuffle with. I ask them how they know me. I look and they're shuffling. Look, Frida, we may have took a look at your notebook, Sia. The white moth hands it back to me and says, Honestly, we're shook to see such consistency with the persistency of this almost relic psychedelic no one ever here gets to see. Now, Frida, listen to me. These shrooms, they make room for high moods and dank tunes, and in their deadly wake they've been known to make loons. The black moth chimes in. In fact, right now, we probably sound like we're part of the groove, and there's no time to explain because you gotta get on the move. But the rhyming, the timing, it's almost too much. You can't help but keep a beat, and this whole thing's a rush. I know it's asking for a lot, but for now, we're gonna need your trust. The white moth says, You're a queen consort, so we're compelled to report, but I hope by now we've shown that we're just not the sort. The black moth interrupts, so tell us, what are you doing here? We all stay silent for a minute. Then I tell him I'm just looking for a safe place for my daughter. Yes, full well knowing this will likely end in my slaughter. And as I see it now, I've got two options I'm shopping for. Perhaps a new god king, or maybe a fragment world? Either way, there will be no more distractions for my actions because there's nothing I'm stopping for. In fact, I need to leave here. Right now. Because Wolfram will have your wings for this. There will be no strings for this I can pull with the king once he gets wind of this. The moths look at each other. So many things she doesn't know. We ought to share before she goes. The white moth walks me through it. Frida, Wolfram is no god. He has a conduit. Now, it's true conduit history is long and hard to intuit, but suffice to say, a conduit borrows their power. Sure, he's strong, he'll live long, but the old gods are long gone, and all we have here is just a classic case of Don Juan. The Black Moth says, Now, for your goals, we can't be sure of our roles, but if you're looking to coup a conduit, I'd place my bets the Gorefield's Duke could do it. Now, the real deal'd be how to get him to rebuke his ideals, but perhaps you could see to it. It's clear the white moth does not concur. He says, no, Frida, save you and your daughter. Wormwood has lots of problems, and it's not your job to solve them. And so, you see, if you ask me, you should take your chance now to escape from Wolfram's retort. You'd find the old world you're looking for in Absinthia Resort. The black moth goes, but someone needs to defeat him. Our country craves a new leader to lead them. To cure the current tyranny, we must go toe-to-toe. And if you ask me, Frida, the Duke's our only hope. The white moth takes a step toward me. Regardless of where you go, it's dangerous to go alone. So as long as you don't mind, I'll apply a block to your mind to prevent the God King from finding you or at least give you some time. He puts his hands up and once done, he reminds me, we only want to help. Just promise me, Frida, that you won't draw attention to yourself. As if on cue, Todd bursts through the door. Conversation subdue, and I plant both feet on the floor. I say, Todd, where have you been? Todd says, my dear Frida, if you're going to be my friend, you've got to know I just disappear now and then. I sigh and thank the moss for their hospitality, and apologize profusely for skipping formalities. No, we can't stay for a meal, because now it's clear to me the reality. We have got to get to the gore fields.
smell No sweat, now feeling swell Gee golly, it's a beautiful day You're gonna burn my troubles away I'm going to Hey guys, I want to, uh, instead of using this time to make a joke about Austin and his smelly face, I want to plug a friend of mine, uh, my co-host buddy Nick just put out a new video series called Jump Date on YouTube, and I want everybody to go check it out, because that's the kind of person I am, and you should check it out, because it's very good. Yeah, I'll link it in the description. We keep forgetting that that's what the beginning of the show is for. I feel like Laura has two more books out from the last time we mentioned them. Oh god, I, I make too many things. I need to stop. People love it. They're clamoring for more. I've got books. There's things I learned from Mario's butt. That's coming out on February 4th. It was meant to be earlier, but COVID happened. Also, there's Gender Euphoria. It's uh, an anthology of trans people's positive no stories. And that's coming out probably next summer. It's it, I'm, I'm working on that one right now. Okay. And and Austin, feel free to cut this from the show because but I, it just reminded me, and I meant to bring it up to you, Laura, and I, I just have to know when you sent the message out alerting people that it had gone to print. Yes. And you typed the sentence about how you caught all the spelling errors. Yeah, that was a deliberate joke, and I've had so many people okay, message I'm me. I'm so glad. Uh, yeah, it was in a sentence about spelling errors, and there was a ha ha right. at the end of the sentence. It was a ah, uh, I think we got all the spelling errors. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Okay, so good. I'm like I, I hope she's not offended that I bring this up, and it's an actual mistake because it seems like a joke, and I like. I've it. had like thirty people message and go, uh, <laughs> "I'm really sorry, but it seems like you made a spelling error in your jo- in, in your in your thing about spelling errors. That's really embarrassing. You should probably fix that." <laughs> It's gonna make people think that you don't know how to spell check the book if there's a spelling error in the the thing about spelling errors. <laughs> I'm like, what the, what the fuck? No one appreciates me. If we're plugging things, I don't have a job because I live in Florida in COVID. Uh, but I do have titties, and there's pictures of them. So maybe you shouldn't start that like advertisement with. While we're plugging things? Well, oh, Just well okay, that's... Well, I don't want to give, <laughs> give anybody any false impressions about what content has and has not been made. <laughs> so... I don't know what titties are. I've never heard of them, so I'm oh, not offended by any of this talk. Oh, shut the fuck up, man. You, you're a titty bastard. Can that be the name of the episode? <laughs> You're a titty bastard, Charlie Brown. <sighs> All right. Last we left this adventure, the party tried to steal a boat. Oh, that's what was happening. We picked a fight on someone we probably shouldn't have picked a fight on. <laughs> tried is a word that you could use. I, I couldn't remember what the fuck was happening. I'm looking at Roll20. I was like, who the fuck is this character that I don't remember? Oh. I know who they are. Okay. Yes, so the last episode, uh, the party finally came to some sort of agreement. It was actually uh, Bramwell's idea that instead of kicking someone off the tiny skiff, just get a bigger skiff. So you, you hid an ambush and assaulted a what turned out to be a giant uh, pirate ship-style skiff with an alligator masthead. 
After much discussion, really the only detail the party seemed to care <laughs> about. Uh, which is um, an otter alligator fan artist. <laughs> otter and alligator. So the mole crew has uh, ran off with actually with Sabrina, who's taking him to the lighthouse. Everyone else is gathered around. Um, actually, I think Bramwell was caught on fire from a hellish rebuke. Corton put him out with the with the sail, and then emerging from the hold is Amy Wolfram, Sabrina's oldest sister. And I'm going to take a minute here uh, to describe her. The first thing to know is the ages. So the Wolfram family is kind of complicated. There's a lot of members this season, so let's get it clear. Obviously, Sabrina, age 10, youngest. Next up is Sven Wolfram, who we have not seen on screen. He is 13. Uh, then there is Marcel, the Ooze Genasi, who we saw in Harp City. He is 16. And then there's Amy, who we're meeting now, who is 19, who is the eldest. She She's the one that, like, we promised we were going to kick the shit out of if we saw her because she locked uh, Sabrina in a, in a cupboard, right? Is the one that really, like, fucked Sabrina up a bit. That is what you have heard, yeah. Um, so okay. you see her emerging from the hold of this uh, this skiff. Uh, her skin is kind of the color and texture of a, the snow on a TV, if you're old enough to remember when that was a thing that could happen. I guess maybe like the the ash on a cigarette. She's an ash genasi, so like the white and the black kind of intermingled, almost like vitiligo, if you're familiar with that skin condition. Hmm. Okay, but you say ash genasi... Uh, and so I think Ask Genasi. Austin, what do you think would be an Ask Genasi's powers? <laughs> um, I think that's for our other show, Dice Funk After Dark. Oh, and we'll my continue God. that conversation. Whatever they are, I think they'd be pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of them always being the butt of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, can we just keep this going for another 35 minutes? Yeah, I'm down. Uh, nope. Her hair is dark black, but with bits of red in it, which is almost, it almost looks like if you see like burned wood and you see like there's still like embers inside like of it. Like a campfire. That's like a campfire. Fully, bl- fully blowing. That's not the word for fire. They're smoldering. Yeah. Her hair is smoldering. Um, she emerges from the hold. She is carrying a metal knife, much like the one Sabrina has. Um, I would say pretty much exactly like the one Sabrina has, except for instead of... Uh, you know, Sabrina, I don't know if you've described it. In my head, it has, like, some little gems on it. Um, it could, yeah. I, I was always thinking that it was generally a very polished, like, kind of, like, a, a silver dagger. Maybe one of those ones where, like, the edge is a slightly different coloration than the rest. But, uh, like, the, I guess, what's what's the very bottom of a sword called? The hilt? The pommel. The pommel? I thought the pommel. Yeah, the pommel. The pommel having, like, a... Whatever the the crest of the Wolfram family is. Yeah, I was thinking that uh, Sabrina's knife would have some kind of blue accent. I was thinking a gem, but it could be like the edge of the blade or the pommel and the crest. And I was thinking Amy's could have a black version because these knives are given out to the Wolfram children with uh, representing whatever part of the Genasi heritage they inherited from the God King. Which from for Sabrina would be water because uh, ice is water and air. And for Amy, it would be negative, because ash is negative and fire. So, uh, for the record, Marcel did have one, but uh, it was taken away from him when his mother joined the rebellion. Oh, well, that's rude. He didn't do it. 
<laughs> but you assume Sven has one like this with it, with zone coloration depending on what he inherited. So that's that's Amy Wolfram. She emerges from the hold with this dagger. She is uh, you know, summoning new ash magic. She's very powerful. Everyone's seen that firsthand. Um I think the first person who makes sense to talk to her is gentleman Bramwell. If you recognize her, did did did, did you spend a lot of time around Amy in the castle? Uh, so I assume General Bramwell does know her, probably not, uh, extraordinarily well, but he definitely was colored to some extent of the content of, uh, Amy's character based off his interactions with Sabrina previously. Okay, because I was going to have her come out of the hole and say, you there, knight, what's the meaning of this? Ah, yes, Amy, good to see you. And now, so you've said that, so now the whole party is clued in. I wasn't sure if that reason I, I was being so specific here is I wasn't sure if we were going to immediately tell everybody who this was. You say that, everybody I, knows. I, I specifically want Bramwell to say that very loudly on the hope <laughs> that Sabrina can hear it ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Sabrina is uh, absolutely available for this scene. She leads the the moles into the, the uh, windmill, and now everybody's gathered around this skiff. Um Oh boy, what happens next? There is one of her, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of you. So, a fair fight. Uh, Bramwell is going to, um, I mean, it's a Warhammer, so you can't really holster it. But <laughs> place it, place no, it in imagine, a more relaxed hold, essentially. Corton's mm-hmm. going to uh, go and gather his clothes. Okay, so that wasn't just uh, like an artistic flourish there. Corton is currently dicks out. Yeah. Okay. That there was some controversy in the Discord or whether or not that was literal. I wanted to make sure that was clarified. Okay. <laughs> I do like that though because that kind of diffuses the situation as you walk butt naked across the skiff and go collect your clothes. <laughs> I think she lowers the knife a bit because no one is immediately trying to attack her, and she, uh, she just says, "Well, what's the meaning of all this?" We've had uh, quite some action recently in this area. Yeah, I've heard. Father is apparently chasing a, a skiff of smugglers, Sabrina's kidnappers out here. I specifically requested transport on this vessel to see if I could maybe run across them. There's not need of any cause for concern as we have uh, secured the princess. Uh, I tried to contribute to being deceptive and I rolled a four, which isn't very helpful. <laughs> I got a six. Twelve. Oh, no! Uh, why did we fine. roll? Yeah, also- why did we roll? Okay, so I think what happens when the, the party fails their deception roll is that, I mean, the simplest thing is just that Amy spots Sabrina um, and sees that, like, she doesn't look liberated. She looks like she just took part in a, a fucking carjacking. Uh, I mean, she could be enjoying the carjacking. You don't know her life. Get over here. No, I'm good over here. <laughs> I like it. I I left the oven on, and I want to run inside the lighthouse. <laughs> the window. What's the oven on? Um, yeah, okay, interesting. You'll you have, you have to excuse uh, the young princess. She has had uh, quite the ordeal. Sir Knight, secure the vessel. Get ready to, to make make sails in a moment. I want to go get my sister. But, uh, uh, Sure. Vin- Vindras is going to use her, her newfound telepathy to try and reach Sabrina and go, Okay, 
Do we start kicking her ass now, or... Wait, is she coming? Uh, she's heading your way. On a cast invisibility. <laughs> what if we just keep... If, if Sabrina can keep her busy, we can load the ship. <gasps> and then just fucking take off with it. You know, and just ha we just have to get Sabrina from the lighthouse to the ship and escape. Yeah, and again, detect thoughts. I can find an invisible Sabrina if we need to. Okay, so Amy is striding towards the windmill right now while the rest of you are getting this ship ready. Um, I would assume it has a name on it already, but you are not going to respect the name of Amy's ship, so there's probably no reason to even say it out loud. No. <laughs> yeah, hey, what is it? It could be a good one. It's the SS Liberty. Oh, okay. that's stupid. I want to call it Thriller Bark. Yeah, that's much better. <laughs> that, that's also a one-piece thing, isn't it? It's a one-piece thing. Like I, it, I didn't know that, but it just sounds better. It sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm interested now. Okay, I mean, Amy starts hammering on the door of the windmill and says, Sabrina, open up. Come on, don't be like this. I, n no. <laughs> no I <didn't>... what? <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's home. Uh, Amy turns to the rest of you and goes, I want to apologize for my sister. She's a notorious liar. Um, she goes around telling people all kinds of giant fibs. One week she was telling everybody her name was Jeffrey the Magnificent. One week she told people I threw her off her cliff. It's every week it's a different lie. I'm sorry. Uh, as mm. gentleman Bramwell, can I roll an insight on that comment? Oh uh, yeah, get you get get advantage because you've you've spent time with Amy. Eighteen. Yeah, I would say that I think uh, Amy is perhaps uh, giving you her truth, which is that Sabrina's f uh, fabulous uh, exaggerations from all her books gives what to everyone else is like a kind of precocious, imaginative, uh, you know, worldview, like the kid's imagination. Amy just sees it like as constantly lying. So it seems it's true to her, but I think Bramwell's like, Sabrina's just a kid. It's like not malicious, but you yeah. don't think Amy's uh, lying. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, she's, she says, my apologies. It, she can be very difficult. She's, she's still young and there, a lot of pressure uh, oh. has been put on all of us. Well, you know how it is with children. I mean, they don't listen at a certain age. They go off on their own. They take uh, flights of fancy. What, why don't you tell us all about it in very, very specific long-winded detail while we get the boat ready? It's funny you say that because Amy starts regaling you with a time that uh, Sabrina told everybody she was Delecto the Ineffable and she set half the castle on fire trying to recreate uh, a spell she read about in a book. And while she's doing that, she's looking at Corton very intently. Specifically Corton. Mm. Hmm. Why? Corton, Corton starts uh, flexing his pectoral muscles <laughs> just sort of slowly, but in a little rhythm. Can I roll insight on why she's looking at Corton? You can't. Or as Bramwell, you can, I guess. I was thinking yeah. of you as Sabrina. Yeah. Uh, can, can Vindras get in on that insight? I would. Oh, I think we'd all like some insight on this. I got a 16. Bramwell got a 16. 22 on insight. Vindras with her 22. Not only do you uh, figure out what's happening, I'm going to even go further and say that your telepathy helps because you have detect thoughts, so you can see someone's surface thoughts if you focus on them. Yeah. Uh, you look at Amy looking at Corton, and you like just for a moment peek at her surface thoughts, and you see um, the drawing 
that you did and <gasps> handed out to the merchants and that has oh. been circulating along trade routes. And you see Amy picturing Corton standing in front of a crowd of moles. Um, you weren't there when uh, Corton and Weaver were in the mine palace and Corton was imagining himself leading a cult and there was a pyramid in the background. But if you had seen that, it would it would remind you of what you're seeing now. Amy picturing Corton leading moles. Mm. Uh, d- do I have enough insight to tell whether this is... You know, just just something she saw in passing and is is positively thinking about, or is this like, wait a second, you're part of the Sabrina group? Um, well, no, I, she. So you failed your deception. She, she's figuring everything. She's figured everything out. There's no use really hiding much okay, at this point. Okay. Um, but no, this seems vaguely positive. You're. She's. This is. <gasps> you don't get any sense that this is malicious. Mm. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and. I'm gonna pass that info on to Corton because I think he could. Uh, I think he could work with that. Corton's also going to. So Corton's going to respond by also telling a story about Sabrina. Um, but he's. I mean, and it's not. It's not going to be true. Um, mm. But he's going to to tell a story about a time that Sabrina uh, tried to convince everybody that you know she had um, some kind of treasured amulet somewhere hidden. That, you know, and it's just this bullshit, long, drawn-out, tall tale. But the point is that it takes a while to tell. Um, and during that time, I'm going to be doing an enthralling performance. Ooh, remind the audience about that. I think you've done that once before. I have. It has not worked in the past, but we're going to try anyway. And I don't know that I have a lot of faith that's going to work here. But um, basically, anyone who uh, is a target must succeed a wisdom saver be charmed. Um, and if they're charmed, they idolize me for the next hour. Oh, well, that'd be useful. Here we go. 22. Yeah, that's, uh, not gonna, but unfortunately, you know, they have no hint that I tried to charm them. So that's the plus side. All right. So she doesn't idolize you, but I think after like, you know, your story gets pretty deep in, she says, you know, I, this is great. I, we should all swap more stories. You want to come back to, um. Back to the my place in the gore fields, and we can um, catch up. Um, Come back to my place in the gore fields, and we can uh, yeah, have a cup of coffee, see what happens. Like <laughs> you said it with your mouth. We can uh, get a little gory. I may or may not have a business proposition. In fact, uh, why don't you all uh, send your people up ahead with uh, this produce here, and we'll just we'll catch your skiff back. So from the other side of the the windmill, uh, Sabrina's gonna say. So we'd be going to gold, the gold fields. She's she's basically sending the NPCs off. Yeah, sure. I mean, we gotta get out of the, here. This right now, this is bad. She just like gestures around the flats and says, "I have cool drinks at home. It'll be fine." Oh, I love cool drinks. I want to see the gold fields. Yeah, sure. I'll take you. Field trip. V- Vindras is already heading over to be like, "Yep, yeah, I'm here. It's all good." <laughs> Uh, she's also going to specific. So she'll open the door at this point, and uh, I want to note that she's hand in hand with Yuminyora. Uh, no. Just say, I, I want Yuminyora to come with me. I, I mean, Amy does, does a double take because you have a football golem, <laughs> which she was not <laughs> expecting, and she says, Well, well oh, okay. Is that thing safe? Sir Knight, is that thing safe? I haven't seen it murder anything yet, so I believe so. All right, I'm, I would feel a lot better if we could, like, tie some pillows to it or something. I don't want it bumping no, over. No, he likes to hug. 
Yeah, it'll make the hug softer. They're plenty soft as it is. Oh my god, this is just like the thing with the dog. Uh, how about we all just get on the boat? How about we all just get on the boat and we put Sprina on one end and Amy on the other and we just... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Amy, yeah. Amy, how do you feel about uh, bumble sloths? And can I distract you with one for a while to keep the peace? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Amy will definitely take the bumble sloth and she says, ooh, buzzy. Not she- not unchaperoned. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone's I acting so fucking weird around this teenager. She like looks around and she says, ah, oh, I see what's going on as... Has Sabrina filled your all, all your heads with stories about me, like biting the hats off, heads off of peasants and so forth? No offense, Thrycreen. No, more like maybe locking people in closets. Closets. It was hide and seek. Did it's you just, lock it? No, it's just I put I pushed the chair because I wanted to look behind the couch and I didn't. I, it was under the handle of the fuck. Oh my god! Really, Sabrina? This again? I mean, but consider just because you didn't do, even if you didn't do it on purpose, it doesn't mean you didn't do it. That doesn't mean it didn't. Can I detect thoughts yeah. to see whether that is actually how it went down? That's how she remembers it. She's yeah. mad. She's This has happened a lot. Sabrina goes around telling everyone she's locking her in closets all the time like it wasn't an accident once during I Dead Seek. But did you even apologize, even though it was an accident? You'd be like, oh shit, my bad. Well, no, she's a child. You'd be like, oh heck, my bad. Yeah, I I would hope the adults here would know better than to trust the memory of a ten year old like gospel. I didn't say that. I'm just uh, yeah, but we're also you know not not just going to trust the word of someone we've only just met like gospel. We're trying to get all all the opinions of what's happening here. If I may offer, if you have produce aboard this vessel, it is imperative that it gets to Hop City before it spoils. So perhaps we should. Take this conversation on the road. Yeah. Moles, get back in the boat. Everyone else into your dinghy, I guess. Romance, Dawn. Yeah, okay. It's okay, kiddo. No, it's called the Romance Dawn. Say it. It's a proud name for a proud (laughs) boat. (laughs) I think uh, Amy rolls her eyes at her sister, but when Lola, who is an adult, says it, she, like, immediately is, like, defers to the adult because she's 19 and is like, Yes, everyone in the romance dawn. Uh, moles, Aarakocra, Thrycreen, Gith, Batfolk, I will see you later. You know where to find me. Just ask the moles. Bye. Bye. Uh, Staples, like, doesn't seem like she's moving. She's like, look, look, all the rest of you just get ordered around like you're a bunch of fucking empty-headed dingleberries. You gotta, you gotta wake up pretty early in the morning to t- walk Staples into an ambush. Oh my god, Staples, just go. You're just stronger than anyone there anyway. I just thought you'd have found it a real cool idea to, to to fight your way out of an ambush. That seems like your jam. Yeah. People who think they've got the better of you and then you murder them. Damn it, I am horny for a good old-fashioned ambush. Go get him, killer. Um, I think Zer, uh, Young, and Weaver get on the boat. Weaver, I think, probably shoots you a telepathic message, Vindross, and says, uh... This Amy wants to give Corton some kind of deal. I don't know if it's good or bad, but at least it's, you're not walking into a trap. That's all I can get from her mind. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. 
Um, and the NPCs are going to go take take this produce back to Harp City. Because if they don't, not only will people go hungry, but then someone will definitely know what you did here and come after you. Yeah. Can't have that. Again. Again. Yeah. Uh, young whispers to Gentleman Bramwell. Uh, can I eat this guy's head? The one that... The one that Staples killed? Yeah, you might as well. Bramwell's gonna say, Discreetly! And remember, to hold yourself up as the first... First mate! Okay. Bye. Straighten your back! Never let a a good head go to waste. Yeah, waste not, not. To respect the wood! Oh my god. I was thinking because all the NPCs are giving bonuses to the player characters. Weaver's teaching telekinetics. Uh, Zer's teaching thieves stuff. I guess Stables is mostly just a combatant. But uh, Bramwell, do you want to learn uh, vehicle proficiency from Young? Yes, I do. Okay. Please. I want to be the Jimbe of this vessel. You know I don't know what that means. That's what he's, he's saying, the right? hel- He's the helmsman hey, of you- the... If you ever don't know what it is, it's a fucking one piece. <laughs> if it's about boats, and it's one piece. You guys didn't even let Chris finish. He was so excited to explain what of that was. Of course we didn't. It's a one piece. <laughs> we know! And so this is like a show about bathing suits? <laughs> it kind of is. Yep, pretty much. Yep. So the NPCs are going to leave for a while, and the rest of the party is going to get to play D&D by themselves, which is fun. You know, all of those people we went to a lot of effort to recruit. And all of a sudden are being taken away from us. They'll be back. Jesus. Uh, so Amy has the bumble sloth and she's like holding it um, and like baby talking to it at the at the back of the skiff. Um, do you any of you talk amongst yourselves or to her on the drive over to the to where she's taking you? You're just go now you've actually entered the gore fields and it's it's magnificent. There's just like row after row of just the like biggest, most like valuable like fruits and vegetables you've ever seen it's like incredible in this post-apocalyptic wasteland to just see field after field of like edible food um can vindros attempt to draw a sketch of corton against this backdrop (laughs) because i imagine it would make for a very uh imposing uh visage put together a zine exactly this is uh, caught on the the source of all bountiful plenty. I, if I recall, you don't have any proficiency in this, and this was just a raw d20 you got lucky on. You want to try that again? Yeah, I, I can try and get lucky on a raw d20 again. Make some more religious pamphlets. Ah! Two. Oh, no. Uh, that I mean, that's so bad that I think you draw something that would be embarrassing to Corton if it got out. What do you think that is? Well, I, 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 maybe Vindras goes the route of, like, uh, a, a lot of old paintings went, went with the, the thinking of, hey, if you show someone as being larger, it shows that they have access to uh, plenty and to excess. Right. Um, but she, and- she made him look bloated. Not he, he, not he, overweight, yeah. just bloated. Like uncomfortably exactly. full. Just, just yes. uncomfortably full. There isn't anything oh, sexy worst. about this. Can, Vind- can Vindros um, tear this up and destroy this? <laughs> I guess. It'd be pretty funny to carry this around, but I can't stop your character. This is just for, this one's just for Vindros. <laughs> whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> okay, I think we've learned something new about Vindros today. <laughs> Um, so I didn't really speak to uh, Amy's outfit right now because I wasn't sure if this was going to be a boss fight, and I was thinking about that. Um, but she is she is dressed in like um, like 
basically formal wear. Like, it's not like the princess gowns that Sabrina had at the beginning, but she looks like maybe she's on her way to a parade or something. You, Laura, you can speak to monarchy and their various pageantries. She's in fancy dress. Everything is just far too opulent. Um, it the the sort of outfit that if you could steal a single item of clothing from the outfit, you'd never have to work another day in your life. Is that the sort of energy? Yeah, and there's a lot. It's basically red and black uh, because that's she's an Ash Genasi, so that's kind of her color scheme. And I think after she's like holding onto the bumble sloth, and she eventually like takes off one of her outer layers, her coat, and like uh, puts it on the sloth. So now he has a cool red and black coat that's worth more than any clothing you've ever owned. Can he keep? Can I keep it? keep I'd like to think in response to that, he boops her with the snoot. And uh-huh. so I feel like the jacket's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't dispute that. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look so cool later when I see her. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, who's intimidating now? Vindros uh, is going to try and um, find Sabrina and just uh, go, hey, how are you uh, holding up? I'm fine. We're going to the gold fields. We are going to the gold fields. It's okay if you're not doing all right. You, uh, anything we can do for you? You don't think I'm annoying, do you? Oh. I sincerely, sincerely mean this. You have been the most effective member of this group the entire time we have traveled together. You, you are far more capable than any of us. You didn't answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, so hey, I was like, that's, that's, that's an answer. For Sabrina wants to, to question that. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know why she keeps calling me a liar then. She's not always right. The dog was fine. This is the thing with siblings. You're never going to see things eye to eye. Do you have siblings? I've not really thought about an answer to this. Insects tend to have like lots of lots of births, right? Like lots and lots of insect babies. I would assume that. Th- well, their their short lifespan sort of means yeah, that yeah. if they're going to have a population, they have to be fairly prodigious okay. breeders. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a a lot of them, like, like. Mm. There's probably siblings I have that I don't know anything about. I have a lot of siblings. The female praying mantis lays up to 400 eggs, which are deposited in a frothy mass <laughs> that is produced by glands in her abdomen. Hey, Vindros, how's your abdomen? How's your frothy mass? How's your frothy mass, my gal? <laughs> frothy mass? Tell me about that frothy mass, please. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I could probably name... 30, 40 of my siblings, the ones that, you know, like, grew up, like, right around around me, but... Are they all liars, too? I definitely had experiences with them where they were adamant that things were not the way I saw them. Frothy Mass would be a good band name. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's definitely times when I would have gone to my parents and told them, no, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> you know... The father never believed me, and my mom's not there, so no one believed me. It's also a good description of, like, an evangelical church service. Sorry. 
Frothy mass. <laughs> hey, if Fuck. if it helps, I I haven't had any reason to doubt you since we've been traveling together. I don't think. Uh, I did lie once. I mean, a little bit, but I no, mean, who I mean... in this? Oh, eh? back at the library, you all said you weren't going to come with me. So I said I'd I'd turn you all in and said that you kidnapped me, but I wasn't going to do that. I just didn't want to be alone. I mean, if we're putting truths out there, your attempt at blackmail did give a little, little tiny amount of us deciding when we were going to ditch you because you were blackmailing us into being with you. But... (laughs) Very clear blackmail's no longer on the table, and we're still here. So it's a little blackmail in in terms of establishing a friendship. Corton doesn't hate me, does he? He doesn't hate you. Roll deception. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't think hate is the word. If I was gonna, like, I think Vindras's <laughs> perspective on Corton is... Finds the child irritating, perhaps. Does wish the child wasn't around, perhaps. I don't think... I don't think Vindras thinks that Corton hates. Cramp in his style, maybe. Yeah. I, I can do deception if you think that's necessary. No, I'm just teasing. It's a joke. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Amy is still, like, uh, babying the sloth, and she kind of sidles up to Gentleman Bramwell and says... Sir Knight, uh, has has my sister been giving you any trouble? Are are you being? Have you been delayed in returning her to father? The the princess has been no concern whatsoever. She has been the model of elegance and decorum. Well, I don't buy that for a second, but it's very nice of you to cover for a member of the royal family. I suppose it's probably in your oath to say that, no matter what terrible brats we are. Um, what's the plan for getting her to the castle? These answers answer themselves in time. I believe that we shall <laughs> wait and see, and the situation shall fold out. Obviously, there are situations going on in Wormwood right now that would prevent an immediate uh, excursion back to the castle. There are too many factors to consider. Well, I'm actually asking because I was hoping that you could uh, forestall any such plans and wait for my directive. I would appreciate it if you could keep that between us, but uh, whatever you're planning, it's in the it's in the country's best interest if you do not return her right away. And what do you mean by that? I'm ordering you not to return Sabrina immediately. Isn't that... Don't you feel like I've taken a weight off your shoulders? All that responsibility. Whew! Gone. I always enjoy a good load being taken off, but I do <laughs> find it... Curious why you are not more concerned. Well, she's safe, isn't she? What is there to be concerned about? Father has rebels to put down and taxpayers to terrorize. My dear princess, is there something you are not telling me? Perhaps machinations in the works. Yeah, something like that. Are you... Of a, do you know of this? a sinister variety? Well, I don't know if I'd say sinister. Must How they be dealt this? with by my hammer? How well do you know this mole, Gentleman Bramwell? The prophet? 
I believe he calls himself. I don't know. He says a lot. I I hear things. Yeah, him. It pretty well, you know. Not like best friends, but like, you know. Let's stay over at his place. He could stay at mine. <laughs> she says, "Well, I'm. I want you to have my back here on this meeting. I have something planned. Um, Father doesn't need to know about it yet, but I think we can strike a, a deal here and maybe make some good changes." Well, the best interests in the kingdom are always what my loyalty is toward. Good, 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 good. Have you booped this, Snoot? Yes, a great many times. Okay, good. Uh, I would like to scream from across the ship, Boop with the grain! (laughs) Uh, Lola, do you talk to Corton at all? That's the only pair on this boat that haven't had a conversation before we arrive. So I see you lost your nose. That was a while ago I was there. But uh, look, I lost my tail now. We're both... Injured. Woo, comrades. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is going to grow back, but... No, I know. You know, but, I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, I... You look... It looks slimming on you, I have to say. Oh, thank you. I uh, just... I uh, keep bumping my, my stump. It hurts. Corton sort of cocks his head to one side and looks Lola up and down a bit and says, Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 What? Uh, uh, nothing. I've just, uh... So. <laughs> On the way back to Harp City, Zer's ears twitch, <laughs> and he pulls out a knife for no reason. <laughs> uh, Vale's a nice touch. Uh, you know, it's, um... The, the great thing about it is the, the salt just does not get into that cavity now. Um, which, you know, before... I think everyone's going to be wearing these soon because before you know, I'd be out uh, rolling around, riding in the skiff or something, and and you know, just salt, just brushing up in the air, going up my nose, drying everything out. Now the veil totally covers that. In fact, I think I'm just going to start manufacturing. I think this could be a, a real a real thing. Hey, you know, and it could even be a like a uh, an identifier, you know, for the for the for the group, right? I mean, it's a great fashion, a new fashion accessory, you know? You can embroider endless things on a veil. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, I like what you're thinking. Yes, some symbology. That's good. That's well, good. Some of those little beads, you know? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beat them. Mm-hmm. You can charge more for that. Some kind I'm of just sigil. I'm just sitting here. Um, I don't know, like uh, maybe uh, two, two circles... No. With an oval between them, and then no. above that, an inversion of it, you know? And so they no. cross together. <laughs> um, as the... As the, <laughs> as the romance oh. dawn arrives at its destination, you see that this is a large warehouse where food is being loaded into skiffs and then sent out to other places in Wormwood. Um, there is a faded sign on the outside which says uh, Dagger Milk Incorporated. Oh. It's the milk that stabs back. <laughs> it really is. Um, but whatever that means has been lost to time, and now they're just using this warehouse to load food into skiffs. 
um do you pull your skiff right in this was a small one so obviously you're not here to pick anything up no one like approaches you they see amy holding the bumble sloth and everyone keeps their distance uh this place is almost entirely staffed by moles so take that for what you will uh amy jumps out and starts like walking to uh an office in the back of the warehouse i mean i'm right there with her because if she's holding the sloth i'm gonna hold his hand like a mom. <laughs> uh d- is Stuart jealous he's following behind no he understands Stuart understands that he can defend himself and the sloth is a baby and he, he may be an adult sloth but he's baby he, he's not great at taking care of himself he just wants to nap and eat bananas uh, so the party follows Amy back to an office at the back of this warehouse. You're just walking through these crowd of moles. They all have big boxes and so forth. You actually see it, this office has a window that looks out on the gore fields. There's like a, a potato field behind the, the warehouse. And the soil is blood red, like fresh blood. Not the way that some soil can be reddish with like uh, mineral impurities. Like it, it's like magically red in a way that's uh, very uh, novel to you. And it's just like dotted with all this... Uh, this agriculture, and it's, it's still pretty shocking to you. I feel like, out of character, we're all like, yes, Austin, I can Google farm. It's not that big <laughs> of a deal. But in character, it's actually like all of you are like a little weirded out by this. Like if, if I try to like mix some oats with the dirt, do they get bloody? Ooh, that's a good idea. You want to maybe roll nature to try that in the parking lot before you go inside? Yeah, for my for my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, whose names I don't think we ever actually decided on. They're Sodom and Gomorrah, the Shorses. <sighs> yeah. Nature? God, why am I so bad at nature? I while this is while this is happening, I feel the Fourteen! I feel the need to share something. I wanted to know whether blood helps plants grow because of the mental image you've you've prepared. So I googled growing plants using blood, and apparently a lot of people want to know if if, if menstrual blood is good for growing plants. No! Apparently that's a very popular thing to ask on the internet. I can believe that, actually. Yeah. It's very witchy. Yeah, it's, it's it very is very witchy. witchy. It's very witchy. Barrel to 14. Uh, yeah, with 14, I would say that this that probably does enhance the taste. I bet you could even eat it. I mean, once again, Laura, I'm going to go to your expertise as someone from a country that eats blood pudding. Uh, that Blood, blood is food, yes? Uh, theoretically... I wouldn't eat blood pudding. It's a horrific thing, and I don't know why our country enjoys it. <laughs> oh yeah, you're vegetarian. I mean, it's it's apparently technically food. <laughs> it's a technically food, yeah. So, uh, Lola, you try the blood, and it's technically food. Well, the... it's for the shark horses who crave that mineral. Oh yeah, they obviously love it. But I'm saying even you could enjoy it if you were so inclined. If I had to, yeah. Um, after that little culinary experiment, Amy takes you to a little office. Um, it's not clear... Where she lives, I think earlier she said, take you home. Um, <laughs> like There's like coffee cups in here. There's like maybe uh, some change of clothes. She seems like she's living a very strange life. I mean, Marcel was as well. So Is it like a, her own house or is she like in a hostel or something? Uh, you don't know. I'm saying this is, in this office, in this warehouse, there, are, there is a change of clothes is what I'm saying to you. Is there a bed? No. Okay, well... Um, she walks behind the desk, rifles through some papers, and pulls out a reproduction of the drawing that Vindros made in the glass <gasps> forest of Corton in front of the white glass demon. Oh yeah, I remember that. And she says, Dis you? <laughs> Sup, dis you? 
<clears throat> Corton straightens up and uh, sort of adjusts his uh, clothing a bit and brushes his hair back. Maybe. Um, I, so at this point, I think Amy's on one side of the desk and the rest of the party is on the other side. But once again, Amy doesn't realize that she's in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign where you're all at a party. And so she just like gestures to Bramwell and Sabrina to come to her side of the desk because naturally you're beyond her side of this conversation. Uh, I think Sabrina is going to very quietly do so. Okay, what about Bramwell? He's going where Sabrina goes, where the white wolf goes. All right, so there's three on one side of the desk, three on the other. Um, and Amy just says, well, that's that's quite an opportunity. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but the legend of the, the the mole who conquered the white glass demon is spreading across Wormwood. Well, as well it would. It's very impressive. It's been a barrier to trade for generations and anyone who's ever gone up against it has been oh, i think vaporized is the correct word is that correct yeah yeah um so you're not vaporized that's a good that's a good start i mean we're vaguely competent as a team so i guess i'm just gonna well first of all uh do you have a maybe like a self-styled title the the veiled prophet, the the masked apostle, the faceless one. What what is what can I call you? Oh, call me Brother Corton. Yeah, that's not gonna work. I could get a focus test together, but I can tell you right now, I don't think that's gonna work for me. It's simple. It's elegant. It doesn't suggest that he, you know, is is um. Overly self-interested. It, it's it's simplicity is what makes it work. People don't want a brother. They want someone to look up to, not like an equal. If that makes sense. Like you can look up to a brother, though. Like a father. Oh no. <laughs> There's a moment here where everyone takes. <laughs> Daddy <or> Corton. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Corton. <laughs> Let's not do that. Please, please. Oh no. This. You need this? <laughs> I need this. 2020 has given me nothing else. Well, okay. Well, maybe we can come back to that. Let's all in our minds be thinking about maybe a rebranding for this. Uh, well, well, question is, of course, what is this? Um, you may be familiar with the concept of slavery. <laughs> oh, no. I've heard of it. You had several on your ship. Yes, fathers. I mean, you're still making use of them yourself. It's not really any better. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. See, uh, economists argue about the efficiency of the whole system. Personally, I've always found it to be more trouble than it's worth. You can you have to you have to pay to house and feed these people, and they're always trying to rise up, and people are always trying to attack you and you know free them. It's just a whole. It sounds so inconvenient owning people. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I think it would be in everybody's interest and the interest of the whole country if uh, we changed the arrangement. If you know, you if the moles voluntarily traded their labor for a, a portion of the profits, which they would then pay for food and housing with. So what you're saying is jobs rather than slavery. Is it? Is it just like serfdom? 
Well, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an expert in any of that. I'm saying the situation wouldn't actually change that much. It would just be like, you know, move the numbers around a little bit. Why can't you just say that they're free people like everyone else? Yeah, ex- ex- well, see, exactly. Yes, that that's what I'm what I'm saying. The problem is that that scares a lot of people. Um, mostly people in the castle, uh, Genasi, uh, some you know dwarves. Mostly those people. But if father said it, then it would be it would be law. Well, father would never say that. You know him as well as I do, which is why this conversation has to remain kind of a secret. Uh, I asked gentleman Bramwell to bring the secret hammer. It's called the gentleman's greeting, but it suffices just the same. Yeah, in the in this context, it's a hammer that makes sure those things stay secret. Um, what I'm suggesting is that it would be a lot easier to transition the moles into an equal part of society if they had perhaps like a charismatic leader who could tell them uh, to not rise up and kill all the people who owned them. Hmm. Hmm. And so what you're suggesting is you want somebody who will basically tell them that everything's okay now and we should forget about the slavery. Yeah, like like a spiritual advisor to the crown. And you know my my father isn't going to live forever, you know? That that, sh- that sure is that sure is a way that you tried to phrase um <laughs> let's shut the slaves up. Let's let's ask the slaves to be well behaved and to not be angry about the fact that they are slaves. I mean, I've been thinking about this for a while. It's kind of my little project. I was, you know, looking for an opportunity, and then I came across this, you know, religious stuff, and that seems like a pretty good, like, way to get people behind it. You know, I I don't I don't super love the fact that this is a little project for you. Yeah, it sounds you know must be fucking nice. What do you mean? Everyone says the moles are much happier working for Duke Pendergrass. It's, the whole system seems to work good. I'm saying we just we spread it to the whole kingdom. It's a win, 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 win. Um, let me get an insight check on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have good that, so I'll do it too. <laughs> fucking roll twenty. I got a nine. Twenty-one. <laughs> Oh my god, and you had one more. You had a oh, plus yeah. five. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, 15 for Bramwell. Uh, 15 for Vindras. Alright, so the party succeeds. Lola specifically with a 21. I'll say, Lola, the whole reason you were thrown in the Coliseum is because simply being a conduit made you a threat to the God King. So anyone who could be a threat to the God King would be dealt with harshly. And it would be a lot harder to be dealt with harshly if you had an army of moles who were loyal to you because you freed them from slavery. Hmm, okay. So it's not all just benefit more than monogamy. Not monogamy. <laughs> monarchy. <laughs> monarchy. The monogamy. Oh the monarchy God. monogamy. No, yeah. so, I mean, you succeeded. I want to say that, like, Amy would never just come out and say, like, I want to be queen, but she wants to be queen. Yeah. Um, And she would like to, for Corton to be her spiritual advisor. Uh, not that this would be, like, a... Um, An officially recognized position. 
It might, yeah, it would be on the download. It's kind of like, you know, what happened in South Korea in like 2016 where the, there was that scandal where the president was impeached because they had a cult leader as their advisor. No, but I'm okay. And she was like extorting her for like millions of dollars. It's a pretty cool scandal as far as political scandals go. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a good one. That is pretty cool. That's basically what you're invited to be is the, the spiritual advisor behind the throne who's like satisfying your own needs. And she would give you pretty much free reign to do whatever you want to this population that you want. So Cortan looks at uh, looks in Vindros's direction and cocks an eyebrow and thinks, well, it is a shortcut. I don't necessarily like the framing of how we get there, but the end goal seems like a positive. She thinks she's helping. Like, legitimately, I think she thinks she's helping. And it is, um... Not going to help, but... Um, but that, at the same time, Corton's also thinking about this from the perspective of, well... If anyone's going to organize the malls, and you are organizing the malls, he's the one that's going to have the power there, and that could just as easily be turned on Amy if the need came. Yeah, so... Assuming this can work. <laughs> that's honestly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> if this no longer seems like it's working out, Corton could go, hey, malls, revolution. <laughs> right. <gasps> Guillotine. Yeah. And that's and and his long term goal was slave liberation anyway. So this could work to that end. Um, but yeah, it's a really shitty, shitty way to go about it. Um. All right, Corton. Um. After. Appearing to be deep in thought about it, but really made his decision a while ago. Um, he, he looks at, at Amy and says, So, I can keep a secret if you can. Where do we start? Well, uh, I would like, want to leave most of the community organizing to you. I don't want to speak for you or your people. Um, is there some kind of uh, religious observance i should be made aware of or like a tree i should put up or some kind of candle display mm, i'll tell you what why don't you just let me handle that um i need to be among my people uh, does the whole party want to go with corton or, or yeah i guess that would be up to corton how do you want to handle this might be a party split situation so Corton's going to go uh, meet with the moles, um, and he's going to bring Vindros with him. And then, you know, we can hook up later. Vindros can find the rest of the party um, wherever they are. Bramwell is going to speak up and say, I think it might be imperative for me to come along. Besides, it would draw more attention to the young princess if I were to be seen alongside her. Uh, Corton sort of looks skeptically at Bramwell and says, no, you know, uh, it's good to have a knight by my side. Show that there's some relationship already. I do like the optics of the Prophet and his two heavily armored <laughs> fighters. This, uh, it's got like an honor guard, like a Praetorian guard vibe. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yes, a paper guard, what she said. 
Um, what about, so at this point, Corton, Vindros, and Gentleman Bram will have a mission, which is to go among the people and get, get their support, uh, with, I guess, the understanding subtextually that as soon as, uh, everyone's done with Amy's shit, she is perfectly valid to overthrow. Yeah. Although none of you say that to her. Um, <laughs> just in case people are like, Dicefunk, very problematic. <laughs> they're, they're following this plan. It's like, no, no one likes her. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so that leaves Lola and Sabrina. Sabrina's gonna go to the Duke. We're at we're at the Gorefields, right? Yeah. Well, so Amy doesn't know any of that right now. So yeah, that's that. Like, so she's just gonna be like, I guess I could go around town and look for, I don't know, like a hat store or something, and that's all I'm gonna be doing, and then run off to go find the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I'm fucking following her. Come on. Well, no, I think she was trying to ditch Amy, not you. Yeah, yeah, she's just trying. Oh, she's just, yeah, she's just we, trying to gonna... not tip the hand about the. Uh, oh, uh, okay. For. I thought you were running away from me too. I was like, Chris, why, why don't you love me? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah. I have money. We can get hats. Go back to your office. You have work to do. Amy's like, well, no, I was trying. I was escorting a skiff that you attacked. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. I mean, I'm glad. You got my sister back, but we're ju- we really just glossed over the whole hammer into the face thing that happened back there. I was hoping someone could give me an explanation. Uh, Sabrina, I stop running. There. What are you talking about? I was not. The hat store's gonna close. I was up in the top of a tower. I don't know. Uh, I think uh, fucking uh, Amy uses gusts and a, like a gust of ashy wind knocks you down to keep you from running out of the office. Not like to hurt you, but just be like, be still. I need an explanation, Sabrina. It's nothing. I'm just... We just needed a ship so we didn't have to, you know, leave anyone behind. And we thought it was a bad guy ship. You're a princess. You can have any kind of skiff you want. Well, the ship we had was the one I wanted, but it was too small. You know, we were already in the... De- not the not the desert, but, you know, the salt. You know, it's like, oh, too late to go buy a boat now, because we're in the only building around. Well, I mean, we could have had a bigger boat. You are here! I mean, we could we <laughs> could have this a... conversation! <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of that. Yeah. Um, I love it. I think Amy says, Sabrina, do you want a different skiff? You can, you're a princess. You can have whatever you want. Just use your words and ask. I want a big skiff for me and all my friends so that way we don't have to we don't have to leave anyone behind alright well if Corton succeeds you can have a bigger skiff okay what about your skiff what a, the liberty I thought it was the thriller bark no you did not I wrote it on the side she turns to Lola and says this is what I'm talking about she can't get through a sentence without lying I mean, I know. Your ship's named the HMS Sloth Sloth Beans, so I know what you're talking about. Do you want my ship? I have have a garage full of skiffs. It's not a thing. Sabrina, or I'm sorry, White Wolf, we can buff off the name and paint the new one on together. I want, yeah, I would like the ship. Yeah, give us your boat. Okay, yeah, if Corton succeeds, then you can have the skiff. It's fine. Okay, well, you go do your work. We're going to go look at hats. <laughs> uh, deception, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good hat? <laughs> sorry. 
you're in the middle of like the largest agricultural 13. installation in the country and you're just saying you're going to the hat store so i also am wearing a hat so i feel like it makes sense because yeah. if i'm already wearing a hat that shows that i'm a person who wears hats you're still in the straw hat right i've seen a lot of people think that you have a snapback but that was zur yeah, no, I tried it on and then I gave it to him. So I still have my straw hat, but you know, Sabrina's hatless. What are we going to do, man? I don't know. And she rolled deception, I'll decide. I did. I rolled a 13. Not you. Oh, am I rolling a deception? I'm oh, sorry. What am I lying about? Hats. Hats. Oh. <laughs> what am I lying about? It was like 16 Hats. sentences ago. I thought we were past it. Uh, I got a 10. <laughs> All right. Those are both average. So I'll say she just says, Sabrina, there's no there's no hat stores in the gore field. Just don't go far. All right. I won't. Goodbye. And then run off. You can't keep the sloth. I'm taking him with me. Bye. Um, okay. I want to say if you do take uh, the sloth back, she is visibly upset. I'm sorry. Does she have, like, babysitting reviews? Does she have proof that she's going to be <laughs> good at babysitting my sloth? Oh, she doesn't. She just says, keep an eye on my idiot sister. Uh, yeah, that's what the sloth is for. She scrapes her knee. He fix it. You go away now, my babies. <laughs> okay, Lola takes <laughs> off with the sloth. <laughs> my babies. All right, so, uh, oh, man, there's a lot going on here. What are the teams? We When we split the party in Dice Funk, we give the different parts of the the story names. What's What are the two team names here? Oh, uh, well, I mean, uh, it's it's going to be the path of the joining, um, oh my god! And, and I, I've, I've, I've been working on, you know, some. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Uh, Conrad has just put into the Skype, and I mean, I'm sure you'll tweet this to get it out. To the it looks like a penis car. <laughs> it's a icon for your cult, which incorporates, let's say, yonic and phallic imagery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just. Working on it. It's a work in progress, but yeah. It looks like a penis car, and I'm here for that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't name the episode penis car, but thank you. Why not? (laughs) You can if you're not a coward. So, Team Colt, how are you handling your uh, mission? Um, uh, So, Corton's going to uh, go out amongst the, the mall community and try to identify, you know... Any local leaders, community leaders in the area, and and start uh, talking about this opportunity that they might have. Yeah, uh, let's say you come across a female mole, uh, actually pretty jacked. I had this character idea before The Last of Us 2 came out, and then that game came out, and it became very controversial in video games. Sorry if this dates the episode, if you're listening to this in 30 years. Um, but one of the female And if you're listening in-, in 30 years, wow, we survived. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh- it briefly became very controversial that one of the female characters in The Last of Us 2 has visible arm muscles, um, which is just very 2020. But that's that's kind of the level of jacked I'm working with here is this female uh, mole who is, is really buff. And mm-hmm. she's pretty cool looking, uh, short hair. She's probably wearing like, a, I, I almost said the, the colloquial term. Where growing up we called them wife beaters. What is the non fucked up name for that cl- article of clothing? An undershirt. Just a vest, a vest top. Yeah. Just an undershirt yeah. or tank top. Yeah. I'm sorry about Florida, everyone. I don't know. I assume we have a lot of international listeners. I'm sure that came as quite a shock. Yeah, that's what they're called here. That's what they're called the entire U.S. I don't know why that's a, that's not a Florida yeah, thing. Yeah, that's not, that's not a thing in the U.K. Yeah, but but I'm well familiar with the expression. Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, but Corton, you come up you come upon this person. Uh she is like a leader of like the these moles in the area. I don't know if they've elected them. Actually, you tell me about mole culture. Why did you think she was the leader? She is, but like what what kind of things uh would indicate that? Well, moles don't have necessarily a formal hierarchical structure, but they, you know, would function with people who organize amongst themselves for uh needs you know just like any sort of local community leader they typically you wind up with people who do favors just as sort of a general that's what they do they or you know make connections between people there aren't a lot of natural networkers among moles but so the ones that are there are, are pretty noticeable because they're not usually doing physical labor um they occupy a, a position of uh, not prestige, but it, it affords them an opportunity to not work so hard because they get other people to do the work for them um, because they are seen as more needed in other places. Okay, so th- this mole, her name is Charlie, uh, is coordinating uh, just like lines of other moles with machetes who are harvesting like sugar cane as you walk up. Mm-hmm. She sees uh, the knight and is briefly uh, a little concerned, but then sees that he is following your lead, which amuses her greatly. <laughs> and she <laughs> smiles and says, welcome. Uh, well, how can I help you? Go. Greetings, my my friend. Uh, I am, excuse me, I'm getting used to saying this, Father Corton. It's a, um, <gasps> a silly affectation, if you ask me. Uh, I have recently come into, perhaps you've heard of me, a, a bit of an adventure. Um, Vindros, will you tell them of, of the, the demon? Oh, the, the, oh, gosh, goodness, 10, 20, 30-foot-tall demon? Oh, the, easily. Easily, easily 30-foot-tall. Um, skin that sort of just shined in the light. It was it was blinding to, to behold. And single-handedly caught on, took the creature down, avoided being vaporised, turned to nothing but dust, opening up trade routes for... People that have had no ability to travel to travel these routes for oh, years and years and years, bringing bringing peace and stability to an entire to an entire region through single handed defeat of this giant beast. You see, for when I saw the beast, I recognized it for what it was—a symbol. And a symbol has to be approached without fear. You understand. And so when I locked eyes with that symbol and I faced it down, it ceased to have any power over anyone. Hmm. So do you want to roll performance to see how impressed she is by this? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, uh, I got a nine. Do you, do you want me to, to chip in oh, a roll? Oh, you, you contributed to uh, the performance. I yeah. certainly wouldn't mind if you came in on that terrible roll. I've, n- I've not got any bonuses, Jeez. but uh, 17. Roll 20 specifically has it out for me. Vindras does her best to, 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 to big you up and to sell the performance for you. Yeah. Well, so there's three people here. Bramwell, how do you contribute to this? And then we're going to need you to roll too. <laughs> do you want me not to? Because <laughs> right now... We're doing all right, right? 
What do you have a good bonus in that you can find an excuse to make that what you do? Athletics, I could punt like a cabbage of fucking mile. <laughs> Is that what I'm doing? Alright, I'm gonna roll for it, Austin. If I roll for it, you can't stop me. 17! Touchdown! To, to the moon! Okay, so if Bramble, if you literally do kick a cabbage for no reason, I think Charlie watches it fly through the air and just says, is this your trained dog? Uh, You'll have to uh, pardon. I mean, very enthusiastic, as you can see, but not necessarily, um, and Corton sort of taps his temple with a forefinger. He has seen the wonders of what Corton has been able to do, and... Not everyone can handle it, let's just put it that way. Just was overcome with the compulsion to, to help. He may not always know how to help, but he wants to help. I want to slide in behind Corton, <laughs> and Joe Bramwell is just going to give the biggest thumbs up and the <laughs> biggest grin he can. I am currently serving in a sort of um, religious advisor role to uh, the crown, as it were. Well, you should know we haven't had much luck with crowns or gods, so... That's fine, neither have I, if I'm being totally honest. There isn't much room seemingly anywhere for that kind of thing, but... It seems that those sorts of structures appeal to people who exist within structures, if you know what I mean. So how can we help you? We have a lot of work to do. I like what you all have going here, at least in the short term. It's not as abusive as what I come from, because I come from slavery, as no doubt all of you do as well. And what I see here among me is an opportunity to not just improve the lives of moles everywhere, but to even further throw off the shackles you still have on you. Because you're not really free, right? No, the Duke pays us, but it's barely enough for food and a little a little hut with a little bed. Well, what I can offer you is an opportunity to organize our strength right under the nose of the royals, with their blessing, even. And then, when the time comes... Well, it might surprise you to know that we aren't just sitting around waiting for you to save us. We Not surprised. We obviously have plans and machinations of our own. If you want to add your leverage... That's what I'm offering. I'm offering a, a tool, an opportunity, a hmm. way in. Well, why don't you tell me more about it while you and your friends grab some shovels and help us. We still have a lot to do. We spent a lot of daylight, John. Corton picks up a shovel, tosses one to Bramwell, and grabs one for himself. Starts digging. Uh, Bramwell is going to say, So how well do you know the man? Well, I mean, he's basically been the only person I've consistently traveled with since I left home. And you trust him? He has never 
let me down. That's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, you know, like old, old enough. I, you know, I've, I've, it, it, you know, I've been old enough to be out on my own for a, for a while. And how old do you think I am? Uh, I mean, when you live a life as short as mine, um, most other species f- feels like you live forever. I'm gonna guess like a hundred, three hundred, two hundred, I am two hundred and fifty-three years old. There we go. That was in the numbers I said. <laughs> I have forgotten more of my life than you unfortunately will ever get to experience. Yeah, thanks for the uh, the reminder. <laughs> I don't mean it as an insult. I mean it as I am an old man who just recently threw away the vow that gave the only thing in my life meaning. And I've thrown it all away for that young girl. And I'm not sure why but she sees something in that man of yours. I mean, look, with my life being as short as it is, I don't really have time to regret my choices. You make a choice and you go with it and you see where it leads you. I have no regrets. I'm happy to hear that. My concern is with him. And I have come along to ensure that he stays safe. For I do not know what would happen to dear Sabrina if something were to happen to him. You can be certain I'll be doing everything I can to make sure he stays safe. Aww. Wholesome. Then I shall take your word. You really don't have time for lying anyway. Really not, no. So Sabrina and Lola, and I guess also the animals in Yuminyora, uh, how are you going about your mission? God, we have the best gang. <sighs> find the biggest building. Yeah, find the biggest building. Uh, so perception. Five. No. Um, do I get advantage because animals are good at sensing things? It's funny, you actually succeeded because there's two of you and half the party succeeded, but if you asked for advantage, so I think actually you failed. No. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, good okay. call, Good yeah. call, Ref. Good call. Let's go to the smallest building then. Uh, no, Lola does succeed, and I want to say the way this works now, because the cat's out of the bag, the animals talk to you. Uh, and that's why you're such a shit ranger. I mean, the, the reason you're a shit ranger is because you keep failing your checks. But I like to imagine the, what's going on here is that like a bird flies by and tells you where to go. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I haven't had to learn how to do it on my own. So if I didn't have animals to help, I'd be ruined. Yeah. So like, yeah, earlier in the season when we we're like, which way do we go? And everyone succeeded but you. It was just because there wasn't any bugs in the area to like whisper which direction to go in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My whole life is a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a bird flies overhead and kind of calls to you to go one one direction, uh, and you head across a vineyard. Wait, before the bird leaves, I am going to do the tap the the hat tip. Okay, you tip your straw hat to the bird. Thank you, ma'am. 
Um, and you head uh, through a vineyard to what used to be uh, a place to store, like, wine. Uh, obviously, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because I don't drink. My understanding is you put grape juice in barrels and then eventually it turns into wine. And it tastes gross, but it's great in cooking, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically where you end up. Uh, before I continue, does anybody know the t- name for this building? I should have looked this up before. What's it called? Is this a, it's not a winery. What's it called when there's like a bunch Vi- of... Like a vineyard? Or just a bunch of barrels in a place. Still? Like a still? No. You don't still wine. That's that's on Barrel the of moonshine. Storage. <laughs> We're really cool. We know a lot about wine. I don't drink wine. Come on. It's gross. Unless I'm, drink... unless I'm gonna drink seven cups of it in five minutes and then blast out the search tanky and during a game of Charlie McDennis. Yes. Then I'll do if it. I'm drinking, but otherwise no. I wanna get drunk. And so you just go straight to the hard stuff, because then it takes like two shots and you're out. Well for me, because So you basically you succeeded. So the bird points you towards this this vineyard and you're walking amongst the the rows of grapes and you see in the the distance there's a a large building when you know that this is the kind of place where the wine barrels are stored. It doesn't matter what the word the word has been lost to history. Actually I'm making this in character. There used to be a word for it and it's been lost. Oh, (laughs) okay. Exciting. Um You're fooling nobody. Um, but there are moles here working in the fields, and you see there are also mole guards in front of the, the door to this building. I feel like we've said this before, but it does make me really sad every time you say moles, and I know it's not the kind with fur and snouts. Because I just like to imagine them all running around. As has been noted before, the Dark Sun writers are not the most creative people. Mole is just mule without the E. That's fun. Yeah, it's really not, though, when you think about then what the implications are regarding their breeding and their status, and there you go. Like, it's literally... (laughs) That's the sarcasm. There's actually, like, a footnote, I think in the fourth edition Dark Sun book, I read a bunch of this stuff, where it's mentioned that in-universe, calling moles mules is, like, a slur, which is... Oh, my God! I just choked on my water. Absolutely necessary. Thank you, Wizards (laughs) of the Coast. Um, but yes, yeah, so you're approaching this. Do Lola and Sabrina talk about the plan? Because right now a lot's riding on this. So like, I don't know if you guys are like on the same page. So what's the plan? Because apparently there's a plan, but um, you know, I don't know what it is. We'll talk to the Duke, and he'll tell me how to become a conduit. But what if he doesn't want to tell you? Like, or what if he doesn't know? But he's the conduit of compromise, so we can make some kind of deal. You know, I just never trust people in charge of things. So I just wanted to be prepared to have to, like, dip somehow. Like, go swimming? No, to 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 leave if things go bad, or like, uh, you know, I just don't want you to get your hopes up, because... Well, I'm not leaving till I find out how I can become a conduit. But what if that's, uh, you can't learn it here? Why wouldn't he teach me? I don't know. Maybe he's a dick. Well, I'm sure that it's going to happen. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. But the, moment, the first moment of trouble, I think we should get gone. I can't go back to my mom unless I have a conduit. She needs me. Well, well. Let's see what happens. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's fine. We're gonna wing it. All right. So you're approaching this. There's two mole guards outside of the the winery. What do you say to them? I want to see the duke. 
we are uh, requesting an audience with the Duke. Please, your moles, moliness. So you have entered the Duke's uh, area of effect, and you are now under the influence of his conduit, which I will now reveal the effects of. Oh, shit, it's like a stand? Fuck. In-universe, what happens is you are just compelled to compromise and come to a deal with him. That's the in-universe effects. Out of universe, you cannot roll any charisma checks, you cannot detect his thoughts, and you cannot influence his thoughts or emotions. So all conversations essentially have to happen in character roleplay, and you cannot simply roll or use a spell to get your what to get what you want. We actually have to be good talk. You have to be good talk. We have to do good word. You have to do good words. So you walk up to these moles, and what do you what do you say? You want an audience? Your moliness, I believe, is what you said. I don't know what the proper term of respect is. I made one up. Uh, the, the the two moles take one look at the Genasi, and they just shake their head and say, "You must be in the wrong place." Why? The the one just gestures at Sabrina. No, I'm here to talk to the Duke. This is a place for workers. Where where is he? Where do we go then? I need to talk to the Duke. Yeah, well, I haven't seen your name on the work schedule. What shift are you on? The shift of talking to the Duke. Now let me in. I'm the God King's daughter. Uh, at, at that, they turn and like whisper amongst themselves. And one turns and goes inside. And then returns like shaken and like waves you through. So, yep, that did it. S- See, it's easy. Well, that's a good sign. Everything's going to be okay. No, boy. Uh, so the two of you enter the winery, and you see that this is where all the barrels are stored. There's just, like, pallet after pallet after pallet of these uh, barrels being stored here. The perfect temperature, just because it's the post-apocalypse, doesn't mean people don't like to get silly on a Saturday night. I wish this kind of room had a name. <laughs> now I have to leave that part in where I look like an idiot. I, sh- I shall name it a Crepshaw. Uh, there absolutely is a wine cellar in this place. but Wine cellar? Uh, like a wine cellar is a thing people have at home. You can have wine cellars in a lot of places. It's just cellars for wine. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> you just make a cellar and you fill it with wine. It's a wine cellar. Anywhere you store wine can can change the nature of a room. You can have a wine foyer. You can have a wine... Oh, my God. If I put a bottle of wine in my purse, is my purse the wine cellar? You can have a wine bathroom. No one can stop you. <laughs> they call it a barrel room, I think. It'll now be called a gloop glorp. Gloop glorp. In the biggest, like, main room here, you see there's a, a table set up, and there are about a dozen moles uh, having drinks with their boss who is a creature I don't know any of you have seen before. Let's find out. Looks like a fancy angel person. Is that a kind of angel guy? See, my gut wants to say angel, but past Dice Funk experiences told me angels are just like spheres covered in ice. Yeah, no, the pretty version. Uh, Roll religion to know. I got a 19. Holy shit. Oh, shit. I also I crit. What the heck? Okay, so you both know everything. Lola, I, mean, I think Yeah, no, something. we've we've both seen this character before. What are you talking about? Yeah, we, yeah, how dare you uh belittle us. I'm going to have to oh. think of something extra for Lola. Okay. So this creature is called a Nephilim, which is the Yeah. Yeah. 
It's an angel kind of guy. Yeah, so in D&D's lore, someone with angel heritage is called an Asimar, and someone with demonic or fiendish heritage is called a tiefling. Um, they don't really use the term. Uh, they don't really use the term Nephilim in D and D. It's it's from the Bible, uh, but which is the offspring of angels. I'm gonna say because you crit, um, you know specifically that this is the uh, result of someone with both fiendish and angelic heritage. Oh, interesting background. Um, and you crit, so I'm going to give you even more, which is that um, you've lived long enough, Lola, you don't remember how old you are, but you've lived long enough to understand more of the backstory of the apocalypse. So you know there used to be planes, like love, like pla- like parts of existence which were evil and filled with evil creatures. And there were parts of existence which were good and filled with good creatures, heaven and hell, which featured angels and devils made of those moralities. That is no longer the case. All planes have collapsed together into one. Uh, one of the effects of this thing is that angels and demons w- free from these planes are more able to choose their own destiny and, in fact, can have children together now. Oh, that's fun. See, someone made maybe a good choice in previous seasons. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I say as we do the apocalypse season. Uh, Duke Pendergrass does kind of look like an angel at first blush. He is a human with big wings. However, the wings are uh, peacock colored. The greens and blues, very uh, ornate and uh, beautiful, like shimmering in the light here. Uh, Otherwise, kind of looks like a pretty attractive human being. The obvious, the angel parts are obvious. I think the the fiendish parts are less obvious. Like maybe there's like a a kind of bad boy glint in his eye. There's a little bit of a slouch. He's wearing a leather jacket. Okay, he's wearing a leather jacket. Um, does he have a switchblade comb which he runs through his greased up hair? Yeah, I was just saying he's going to have fucking what is it? Rebel without a cause. Is that love and hate? Is that where that comes does from? It, does he have big pompadour? Wait, which one's that? Uh, that's Knight of the Hunter. Okay. <laughs> Any film buffs out there? I th- thought that was very funny. I don't know. I was just thinking of Marlon Brando. That's that's Duke Pendergrass. He's someone who gives off uh, very conflicted vibes. Or you you see here, he's having a meal with uh, his workers. He's invited them in. They're all drinking out of the wine caskets and so forth. But he's still their boss. He still profits from their labor. Um, and you basically sent someone ahead, Sabrina, to say, like, hey, one of the God King's children is here. And so when he sees you enter, he waves away the moles and says, we will reschedule. Next week, perhaps? Goodbye. I didn't mean they could still eat. We can go to another room. You do not want privacy, perhaps? Well, we could go to another room and they could finish eating is what I meant. Hmm. Yes, this sounds nice. We walk. We walk amongst uh, the vines, yes? Yes. Also, I like your chaswazzle room back there, where you store all the barrels. <laughs> In my country, we call this wine cellar. What do you call chaswazzle? Yes. That's what they're called, at least where I'm from. Yes, we must say this word many times this season to many people. You know what I call that room? A good time. <laughs> <laughs> the word... Wait on. Yeah. Oh my god. What? We really fucked I ourselves. I can't. I can't say because it, it doesn't make sense. Say it. World, but say I want to say. My dad always says the word chaswazzle is synonymous with a good time. <laughs> oh no! I don't like that sentence. 
Uh, so Duke Pendergrass uh, walks out of the winery with Lola and Sabrina and back up to like the the surface, and you can walk walk amongst the grapes as you have this conversation. Uh, the Duke says, "So you are you are Wolfram's daughter." Yes, though you can call me the White Wolf. White Wolf. This is given name. It's who I am. Powerful. I I enjoy this very much. So, I have to ask you, I I want to become a conduit. Yes, who does not? He like looks around like the the vineyard basically and is like all of the power of a god, none of the responsibilities. Some of us think it's kind of a lot of pressure, but you know. Well, I don't I don't want it to, to like, lord over people. I, I want to use it to save my mom. Your mother? Who Who is this? She, she's, she's my mom. Yes, but I am understanding God King has many wives. Uh, her name was Frida. Um, at this, he, he stops walking so suddenly you think for a second that he tripped and, like, he's about to eat shit in the middle of his field. But no, he is Can just... Can I help catch him? No, he actually hasn't done that. He's just stopped as if his feet have been nailed to the ground. Did, did you know her? Frida Wolfram. Void Genasi. Yes. Did, did you know her? He gets uh, a look, a faraway look in his eye and kind of looks off away from you. Yes, I know her. Did, did you meet her or... Do you know where she is now? How do I know that you are daughter and not spy or changeling deceiver? I'll pull out uh, my little necklace and I'm going to say, This was hers. This is the one that father gave to her and she left it for me when she left. I I think it has a mother's love in it. <laughs> I hope. He like he like kneels down and like looks at it. Um, in a way that's like at first it's kind of patronizing, but then it's more kind of genuine because it's clear that it means something to you. Um, and he says, "Follow me." Yes. Yes. I'm coming too. Uh, he walks further up the vineyard to like a little hill. Um, and you can see at the top of it there is no, there are no uh, grapevines, but in fact there is kind of like a little garden of glass fruit. Uh, this sounds ominous. Is it a devil fruit? Do we eat devil fruits to get powers? It's one piece, Austin. It's fucking one piece. Austin, it's one a piece. one piece? You eat a fruit, it gives you I know you what magic devil powers. fruits are. I just don't know why you would think that's what's happening. You've already seen glass fruit in the glass forest. But they're all here with the dude who has the power. Power of the beast. I want to start eating glass fruit and get a conduit. <laughs> Uh, Serena, you run ahead to the fruit and you maybe grab a couple. Um, and the Duke turns to Lola and say and says, "Frida, she uh, she planted this." What is it? Uh, s- seeds from glass forest. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a cool tree. Is small garden. Yes. She bring on. Uh, from journey, she she takes seeds from forest and bring here. Uh, where is she now? 
She has left. Oh, okay. Well, that's, uh, you mean left as in she actually left, not as in like she left us and is dead, because that's kind of what I was worried about. No, she left, left, uh, well, he's having a hard time, like, meeting your eyes. Oh, y'all fucking. (laughs) That's why he's talking to you and not Sabrina, who's running amongst the trees. Yeah. And turns away and says, it is painful to talk about. All right, all right, it's fine. Uh, You know, we don't got to talk about your dirty laundry. I know spell press the digitation laundry dryer fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was interested in well as well. Uh, uh, Sabrina seems to think there's a way you can like make someone be a conduit. How would that happen? I was just curious how people get conduits. Hmm. A dangerous secret to have, even for daughter of king. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sabrina, at this point, you can rejoin the conversation. He just didn't want to say he fucked your mom in front of you. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's very polite of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was fucking your mom. I wish I wish my stepmom had had that same consideration when I was younger. <laughs> oh, no! Okay. I think uh, the Duke definitely grabs your snout, Lola, when you try well, to no, say no, that. No, no, no. You know that wasn't Lola saying it, because there wasn't an accent. Oh, Okay. Then he does not grab your snout. <laughs> it's very, that's a very personal place to touch someone. Um, the Duke says, you two came all this way to find mother or to no secret. These are two different goals. I can find my mom, but I need to become a conduit. She needs one. If you could only have one, which would you choose? I need to become a conduit and then I could find her. What is your... Oh, God, you got me going to Cordelia. Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, Cordelia is what? Uh, uh, what's that? I was going for Hungarian, because my mom's family's Hungarian. And Puerto Rican. Duke Pendergrass is my Ukrainian accent, which I only save for my favorite character for each season. So, to give away the game a little bit on this one. Oh, uh, so you love this, this guy. I do love him very much. Um, he says, Well... I have perhaps answers you seek, although maybe not answers you will enjoy. Uh, perhaps we come to arrangement? What kind of deal do you want? Well, lately there has been mysterious destruction in Orange Grove. Ooh. Like what? Like maybe something eating all the oranges? Perhaps. Might also be false flag. Some kind of attacking from other people who wish to take valuable land. I cannot say. What if it's an animal, though? Perhaps is. Oh, what if it's an animal, though? If you solve mystery of the grove, I answer all questions. Yes? Uh, I, I, I don't know about you, White Wolf, but I'm here for Orange Grove mission. Mission Orange Grove. It's a deal. I hope it's an animal. I hope it's an animal and not, like, something bad. Uh, Duke Pendergrass shakes both of your hands, but before you go, he says to Sabrina, You think on question, yes? 
conduit mother, which one is important, which one you really want. Yes, understand? Does this does this make sense? Not really, but I, if I get one, I get the other. I think the Duke just shakes his head sadly. I'll be back once we find whatever's messing with your trees. And then you tell me how to become a conduit. And everything else will work itself out. 